Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Genesis chapter 41. Two chapters ago, we saw God purifying and preparing Joseph for greater responsibilities in the future. And in the last chapter, we saw him orchestrating the circumstances by which he would be promoted. And now, in chapter 41, we see the culmination of that long and probably very confusing process. You remember that God positioned Joseph so as to interpret a dream for an important official in Pharaoh's household. Everything Joseph said came true, but the cupbearer did not immediately remember Joseph or commend him to the king's attention. But circumstances are about to change. We pick up the story in verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. Now, let's just stop and notice the timing there. God is distressingly patient at times, isn't he? It doesn't seem to bother God at all to take years and decades in order to purify and prepare his people. He didn't recruit Moses until he was 80 years old, for crying out loud. And of course, we want him to do this work in a semester, or better yet, in a weekend. But God takes the long road. As St. Augustine famously said, there is no human analogy for the divine sense of time. I suppose if you dwell in eternity, then two years seems like nothing, not even a whisper of nothing. But to Joseph, languishing in prison, I'm sure it felt like a very long time. And just remember that, friends. God is more of a crockpot God than a microwave God. He does it right. And more often than not, he does it slow. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. Verse 2, And behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. Now, sometimes when we hear that, it sounds even weirder in our brains than it actually is. The, the dream isn't about cows arising mystically and wispily out of the river. The dream actually begins with a very common down-to-earth scene. The cows in Egypt often stood neck deep in the river as a refuge from the heat and the flies. And then when they were hungry, they came out to feed on the grass. So that's what's happening here. There are cows cooling off in the river and they come wading out. The first seven are attractive and plump. Verse 3 goes on to say, And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows. And Pharaoh awoke. And he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, 
were growing on one stalk, and behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump, full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So in the morning his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Again, the Bible reader sees parallels here with the dream narratives in Daniel. In those stories, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that troubled him, and he called all of his wise men and all of his magi, but they couldn't help him either. God is putting the king in need so as to exalt and promote his chosen servant. And that's what we see happening next. Verse 9 says, Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes... He came in before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Again, like Daniel, Joseph is careful to ascribe all wisdom, power, and insight to God. That is the type of person that God is interested in promoting. Remember that. Verse 17, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile. Seven cows, plump and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows, but when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as at the beginning. Then I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears growing on one stalk, full and good. Seven ears withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind, sprouted after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. And I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, 
and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot. And they called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zephenath paneah and he gave him in marriage Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. So Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. What an incredible rags-to-riches story. J- Joseph goes from the prison to the palace in a single day. But of course, it wasn't just in a single day, was it? In fact, it was 13 years from when he was sold as a slave to when he was promoted to the position of vizier, or we would say prime minister. That's a long time. But it was not wasted time. God used that time to humble Joseph and to prepare Joseph for this task that God had in mind to be his way of life. Remember that. God prepares you for what he calls you to. And often that preparation is painful. Often it takes place in the shadows. And often it happens without our knowing or understanding or in any way comprehending the end game. You just have to trust that God knows what he's doing. Job did. He didn't know what God was up to, but he he knew that it was ultimately for his good. He said, Job 23.10, but he, God, knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That was Job's faith, and that was Joseph's faith. And in God's perfect timing in both cases, their faith became sight. Verse 46 says, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly, and he gathered up all the food of these seven years, which occurred in the land of Egypt, and put the food in the cities. He put in every city the food from the fields around it. And Joseph stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured, 
Before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bore them to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For, he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. There was famine in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, what he says to you, do. So when the famine had spread over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt, to Joseph, to buy grain, because the famine was severe over all the earth. God knows the beginning from the end. He knew this famine was coming, and so he sent Joseph to save Egypt, to save Jacob and his family, and to save people from every tribe and nation in the region. I like what Derek Kidner says here. He says, what Joseph was to the men of his day, this and more would Jesus be to the world. Amen to that, and thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you've appreciated the Into the Word ministry, I'd like to personally invite you to pay it forward by supporting one of our preferred mission partners. For the remainder of this year, we are highlighting the church planting ministry Mile One in St. John's, Newfoundland. Newfoundland is classified as an unreached population, with less than 2% of people identifying as evangelicals. Mile One Ministries is committed to helping healthy churches plant other Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches. Here at End of the Word, I only promote ministries that I have firsthand on-the-ground experience with. Mile One is bearing fruit and is being led and stewarded by people that I know and trust. If you'd like to make a contribution to this important ministry, you can do that by visiting the Into the Word website at intotheword.ca. There are giving options there under the Give tab for both Canadian and American listeners. International listeners are welcome to give as well, though their gifts may not qualify for charitable receipts in their nation. Thank you for considering this method of showing your support for the End of the Word program. And may God alone be glorified. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. 